Welcome to Nano Matters, the podcast that explores examples of nanotechnology. I'm Lisa Friedersdorf, Director of the National Nanotechnology Coordination Office. Here with me today is Sanchita Batnarga, Assistant Professor at the University of Virginia. So Sanchita, I understand your research focuses on a really aggressive form of cancer. Can you tell us a little bit about the challenges of addressing these types of cancers? Thank you very much, Lisa. It's a pleasure to be joining you today and able to talk about the research program uh, that my lab is interested in. My lab is studying uh, triple negative breast cancer. And as you said, it's one of the most aggressive breast cancer subtype that accounts for almost 20% of the breast cancer cases. Triple negative breast cancer patients are very likely to develop resistance to chemotherapy relapse and reoccurrence, what we define as metastases. And as a result, the overall five-year survival rate for these patients is significantly lower, almost 77% compared to 93% for the other breast cancer subtype. Despite the high mortality rate in these patients, the standard of care remains to be chemotherapy, which, as you all know, has several side effects And these patients do respond initially very well to this therapy, but often many patients develop resistance to chemotherapy and you see metastases in these patients. So that being said, we all agree in the field that much more targeted therapies are needed to treat and to cure triple negative breast cancer. What my lab does is I try to identify new targets using large-scale genome-wide screens that can be therapeutically relevant and can be targeted for developing new treatment. And the study that was recently published in Cancer Research that exact shows that TREM37, which I identified previously as a breast cancer oncogene during my postdoctoral work, also drives metastases and resistance to chemotherapy in triple negative breast cancer. You mentioned targeted therapies and the need for new targets. So does nanotechnology play a role in that targeting? It's an excellent question. If you look into the literature, we have several oncogenes and tumor suppressor genes that drives cancer, and now we have drivers of metastases. So those are all great therapeutic targets, but the question is, how do we optimize them to develop new treatments? And we believe that nanoparticles play a critical role in that process. In our study, we utilize nanoparticles to deliver the inhibitor for TRIM37, which is antisense oligonucleotides into the animal body. Now, these nanoparticles not only provide us the mechanism to shield our antisense oligonucleotides from the body, recognizing it as foreign and throwing it out of the body, what it also provided us to increase the payload, increase the efficiency of this inhibitor by specifically delivering it to cancer cell and minimizing the side effect that we often see because of the damage to the healthy tissues surrounding the tumors. Can you discuss a little bit how you go about making these nanoparticles and how they enable you to increase the payload? So we first package our inhibitor into the lipid ball. 
then lipid ball is then surrounded by a second layer. So as a result, we have a bilayer of lipids surrounding this inhibitor. So it shields it from the other blood cells and phagocytic system. Now, in addition to this, what we call them as molecularly targeted because we stick an antibody on the surface of nanoparticle. I would like to mention here that the antibody that we are using is a clinical investigative antibody, palatizumab, targeting folate receptor 1. Our collaborator, Dr. Jogendra Tushin Singh, engineered a specific linker to, the, to this antibody, which enabled us to use malamide chemistry to link the nanoparticle and antibody. Just a quick note here that what we have seen often in the field is that the antibody or any other ligand is linked to nanoparticles by chemical compounds. Here, we are not using this. We are using covalent linkage here to link the antibody to the nanoparticles. And this antibody, as I mentioned earlier, targets a protein that is abundant on the cancer cell, therefore allows us to use this as a discriminatory mechanism between the healthy cells and cancer cells. And so these nanoparticles are taken up to the cancer cell. This antibody acts as an address for these nanoparticles. They go and attach to these cancer cells, deliver the cargo, which in this case is the inhibitor of trim 37 and causes the death of the cell. I understand you're also exploring different ways to actually deliver the therapeutic. What delivery methods are you exploring? Often nanoparticles are delivered through intravenously. And one of the problems that we see with this delivery mechanism is clearing to the phagocytic system and through the liver. However, a lot of work has been done and there are a lot of improvements based on the IV development. In our study, we utilize intranasal delivery system because the model that we were using tends to develop metastatic tumor in the lungs. Now, to increase the efficiency and quickly test our approach, if it at all is effective, we chose the route to deliver through nose. And we were really happy to see that our delivery system was very effective in reducing the tumor burden in the lungs. I believe that even though this may not be suited for a lot of other metastatic tumors in the bone or in the brain, but the intranasal route works very nicely for the lung tumors. And that's exactly what we did in this study. Would it be possible then, if your strategy is effective, that depending on how the cancer has spread through the body, you could select the delivery method? Like, as you mentioned, if it had gone to the liver, then you could deliver through the bloodstream. But if the cancer has spread or metastasized to the lungs, you could tailor that to the tumors that you're trying to address. I think that's exactly what we think could happen and this could be used. What our study does, they provide an important proof of concept. Now, this also allows us, as I mentioned before, that chemotherapy has some severe side effects, right? 
So we can always package these chemotherapy in nanoparticles. And at least for the tumors that are metastasized through the lung, which often is around 29% in triple negative breast cancer patients, this could be one way of reducing the tumor burden and delivering the chemotherapy, reducing the side effect associated with the chemotherapy. And it could be as simple as intranasal spray, like we do claritin sprays for the patient. It could mean an improvement in the quality of life, minimize the patient's trip to the hospitals, and so on and so forth. I think those all are great possibilities that we are very invested in testing and we are pursuing those. But yeah, that has been just tested in animals. Well, that's very exciting. And I want to thank you so much for taking the time to be with us today and and share a little bit about your research. Do you have any closing thoughts that you'd like to share with our listeners? I would just like to emphasize that this work is preliminary and has been done in animals. The results are promising and we are very excited to move forward and, and test this. But these studies do need to be validated and, and scaled up to be able to transition to clinic. But I think it is a great step in the right direction. And we hope that we can improve the quality of life in coming years for triple negative breast cancer patients. 